0: This is a download from the Clinical Audit Support Centre Limited. To find out more visit www.clinicalauditsupport.com
1: Hello listeners and welcome to our second newscast of 2008. First of all our sincere apologies for the slight delay in making this newscast available. We were aiming to release the newscast in July but it has taken us a little longer than intended to get this information to you. We are recording this newscast on the 13th of August and it looks at events that have taken place in the world of clinical audit during April, May and June 2008. Interestingly, feedback on the last newscast was that it was a little too detailed, although to be fair to us there was a massive amount of news to report. In any case, this time we've decided to shorten this edition and focus on the major news items. In the first newscast of 2008, we reported on all the comings and goings taking place with regard to clinical audit at a national level, including the formation of the Healthcare Quality Improvement Partnership and initial details relating to the National Clinical Audit Advisory Group and the National Clinical Audit Forum. The last three months have seen more important details emerge in relation to all these organisations and we will spend the next few minutes updating you on what has been happening. So let's start with NCAG. Tracy, you've been keeping an eagle eye on their activities, so tell us what they've been up to.
0: Thanks Stephen. You'll all remember from our last newscast that it had been announced that Professor Nick Black had been appointed chair of the group. Over the course of April to June, we found out more details relating to members of the group and I'll quickly run through these. First of all, the first member we can talk about is the clinical audit representative, Martin Ferris, who needs no introduction to many of us. His biography tells us that he's had an interest in audit and effectiveness for many years. Um, He currently works with Sheffield PCT and he's also chair of the National Audit and Governance Group. Martin is joined on the group by Mark Gritton, who's the management representative, Mark has been a chief executive for many years at both the Royal Berkshire and Battle Hospitals and also Western Supermare. Daniel Keenan is the regulation representative. He's a consultant cardiothoracic surgeon at Manchester Royal Infirmary and is also well known as the national clinical advisor to the Healthcare Commission. The lay representative for the group is a gentleman called Andrew Middleton. Andrew has had a long career in further education but now has a very busy portfolio of part-time commitments and these include being a non-executive director of a PCT, a lay council member for the Nursing and Midwifery Council and also being a part-time Ofsted inspector. The research representative is a lady called Pauline Ong. She's Professor of Health Services Research at the Arthritis Research Campaign's National Primary Care Centre and that's based at Keele University. She's also chair of Central and Eastern Cheshire PCT. Moving on to one of the two healthcare professionals on the group, that's Michael Peake. He's a consultant respiratory physician and senior lecturer at the University Hospitals of Leicester. He's done some work with the Department of Health and also with the Clinical Outcomes Group. The statistics representative for the group is a gentleman called Jan van der Moelen who works at the Health Services Research Unit for the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. Jan also works as Director of the Clinical Effectiveness Unit at the Royal College of Surgeons. The second healthcare professional is a lady called Geraldine Walters. Geraldine has worked in a wide variety of nursing roles Um, Her current post is as Director of Nursing and Patient Involvement with Governance and Infection Control at St George's Healthcare NHS Trust. She was also elected Chair of the London Network for Nurses and Midwives and is a member of the Audit Committee for the Royal College of Nursing. Moving on to the voluntary sector representative, this is a lady called Boo Armstrong. Boo has worked in the voluntary sector since she was at school and she's raised more than £1 million for charity. She's the founder and managing director of Get Well UK, which is a non-profit organisation which makes quality-assured complementary therapies available through the NHS. Impressively, Boo was also a finalist in the Young Social Entrepreneur Awards. And finally, to the social care representative for the group, this is a gentleman called Terry Butler. Terry is a qualified social worker. He was Hampshire County Council's Director of Social Services from 1988-2005 to and currently is a non-executive director of NHS South Central and a council member for the General Social Care Council. And we can also report that the group are looking for a GP representative and this is currently going through the recruitment process with the Appointments Commission. Just a brief update around NCAG. They met for the first time on the 28th of May 2008 and you can get hold of a copy of the minutes and information about the group at the following website. It's www.advisorybodies.doh.gov.uk forward slash NCAG So I hope you get a chance to have a look at those. Um, Just to pick out a few bits and pieces from the minutes of the first meeting, there's information about the members. There's also information about the code of practice that members are adhering to, so that's useful to see. Um, It was great to hear from Nick Black. A comment from him was that there was some real energy and enthusiasm for reinvigorating clinical audit at both a national and local level, so that's really fantastic to hear. And probably the other thing to mention is the formal launch of Reinvigorating Clinical Audit. It's an event being organised by HQIP and NCAG and will be held at the Royal College of Physicians on November 3rd. The Minutes also note that the next meeting for NCAG will take place on the 18th and 19th of September. I think that's it from me for the moment. Stephen, have you got any comments to make around NCAG?
1: Well, I think it's good that the group's actually now established. I think it's slightly disappointing that we've only got one clinical audit representative on the group. I know Martin Fraser very well, but it's a slight concern that he's the only audit professional on the group and it does raise questions about where his departure would leave the group or if he was unable to attend meetings. It was interesting to see that from the minutes of the meeting, each group member noted a conflict of interest. And I'm sure those working in clinical audit will be keen to see NCAG publish what these are in due course. Okay, let's turn our attention to HQIP, who you will remember won the contract to run the National Audit Programme. It appears that, like NCAG, they've spent the spring months and early summer establishing themselves. We can confirm that Robin Burgess is their new CEO and that members of the Healthcare Commission's clinical audit team have moved to HQIP. Some of you who work in clinical audit may also have seen that HQuip are looking for two facilitators to help drive forward the reinvigoration of audit. In mid-June, HQIP started the recruitment process for a quality improvement lead and a quality improvement facilitator. In terms of their infrastructure, HQuip have set up offices in London and will be based on Royal Exchange Avenue. They have an annual turnover of £850,000, plus a further £6 million for subcontracting. You can find out more by visiting their website at www.hquip.org.uk. Moving on to the new National Clinical Audit Forum, we were hoping to provide you with an update in relation to this group, but sadly we've had no further news in terms of what's happening or when they'll be established. I guess it's a case of metaphorically watching this space for more details. Aside from the new organisation's leading audit reinvigoration, there are a couple of things we'd like to report in this newscast. Quite a few of you may have been asked to take part in a couple of surveys that were initiated in the spring. First, HQIP developed a short survey which provided respondents with the opportunity to suggest potential future national audit topics. If you've not seen this you can find out more details by visiting the HQIC website. Um, In addition, Frontline Consultants have developed a questionnaire in conjunction with local clinical audit professionals to provide information in response to questions posed by the Department of Health around the organisation and extent of local clinical audit. This questionnaire will be of interest to many healthcare professionals and it features 24 questions relating to clinical audit delivery including questions such as what Agenda for Change bandings are clinical audit staff on, how is audit activity planned locally, how is local audit reported and audited, and how are patients involved in audit processes. From our perspective, it's great to see that clinical audit delivery in the UK is being reviewed, and we look forward to the results of the survey in due course. From a personal perspective, my only concern was that the survey was extremely open-ended and from my perspective, after about 30 minutes contributing, I started to slightly lose interest. I would have preferred to have seen a few less questions with less open-ended responses. But that said, we'll report the findings back when they are made publicly available.
0: We also want to take this opportunity to tell you about a number of regional reinvigoration events that took place in May and June 2008, which were funded by the Department of Health. These events featured key players such as Dick Waite and Jonathan Potter, providing updates in relation to the latest national developments. The first two events were held in the South West in May, and there was a further event on the 25th of June near Darlington. We were asked to take part in all three events and carry out a workshop looking at how to effectively involve patients in clinical audit. Overall the events were very well attended and delegates benefited from the opportunity to put questions to those directly involved in effecting change in clinical audit at a national level. A number of these events also showcased local audit work and it was good to see regional audit communities sharing their practice. In terms of the work we presented on involving patients in audit, this will be published later in the year.
1: I think that sums up the main national and regional audit news that we have for you in this podcast. In terms of a very brief summary of the work that we've been involved in, um, interest in our clinical audit 2020 conference has been exceptional and we're hoping that in excess of 100 delegates will join us at the National Space Centre on the 24th of September. We also recently launched our accredited train the trainer in clinical audit course and we've had a fabulous response to this. If you'd like to know more check out the training section of our website for details. We've also recently completed our study into the quality of significant event audit in primary care and this has led us to presenting the work formally at an NPSA led event. The formal report is available on the National Patient Safety Agency website. And we will be re the project in the autumn and we'll let you know the findings from that in due course.
0: Well, on behalf of both Stephen and myself, I think that pretty much summarises the events from April to June 2008. We hope that you've enjoyed this newscast. Look out for the next newscast that will cover events in audit from July to September 2008. And this will be available to listen to in October. Thanks a lot and bye-bye. This broadcast was recorded on the 13th of August 2008 and is copyright of the Clinical Audit Support Centre. Reproduction of this download is prohibited. Rebroadcast of this work is forbidden without the express written consent of the CASC team.